This is the Neutral Zone. Welcome to this week's episode of The Neutral Zone. We are eager Shesterkin days away. That's 31 days away from puck drop. My name is Jesse. I am the Rangers admin. I go by the hashtag CriesMeARiver. This is Cash, your favorite Bruins admin. I go by NeverEndingPasta. Uh, this is Nick, uh, one of the Canes admins. Hashtag brewing. This is Jacob. I am a wild admin and I go by Spurgeon General. The Minnesota Mild. Yeah. <laughs> We've had some things happen this week. Jake Sanderson signed a big contract with Ottawa. There was a GM and coaches meeting that happened over the last week. And we're also going to be doing the Metro Division breakdown, going over the eight teams in the Metropolitan Division, giving our synopsis and whether or not we feel they made the right moves this offseason. We're going to jump right into it with defenseman Jake Sanderson, who signed an eight-year deal with the Ottawa Senators on Wednesday. The contract has an average annual value of $8.05 million and will begin next season. It includes a 10-team no-trade clause that will be applicable to the final three seasons of the deal. This is crazy to me because this dude played one season in the NHL, 77 games, and he got that massive contract. It's it's really wild. I mean, I'm looking at it. He's played 77 games, 32 points. I mean, I wish I only had to work 77 days of my life to get 8.05 million for a bunch of years. I mean, he was drafted number five overall, so obviously they're expecting him to do big things. But I'm just, you think they almost do a bridge deal? But like I said a couple weeks ago, like. In three years, I wouldn't be surprised if the cap's 100 mil, and at that point, an 8 mil contract will then be like a 5 or a 6 mil contract. So it might not look as bad in six years or so. Do you think that... I I don't really know too much about the Senators. I feel like they've been making the right moves over the last couple seasons, picking up Tim Stutzla, signing him, picking up Kachuk, signing him. Do you think that they're going to make a big splash this next season? I do. I mean, you look at their roster... Tim Stutzel, like you said, Brady Kachuk, like you said, they're both making just over 8 mil. Then you got Thomas Shabbat, you got now Jake Sanderson, they're making just over 8 mil. And then you got a couple, like, middle-tier guys, like Jonas Corposalo. You got, uh, they obviously signed Vladimir Tarasenko for the one year. They have Claude Giroux. They got Dominic Kubalik, who I personally like in the Debrinket trade. Drake Batherson. And they still haven't re-signed restricted free agent Shane Pinto, which I think is going to be interesting to see where his number comes in, especially if the kid who only played 77 NHL games got $8 million. But I think they're going to be pushing for a wildcard spot. I think it's going to be either them or Buffalo, but we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we did have that brief conversation, you saying that there's going to be five out of the Atlantic and three out of the Metropolitan. Uh, I don't think that's too far off with the way the Metropolitan Division has gone, and we'll go over that in a little bit. But I could see, I could see Ottawa, if not this season, definitely next season, getting in. 
Yeah, obviously Tampa and Boston are going to be on their way down in the next couple of years, which I'm sure makes you giddy hearing me admit that Boston's going to suck in a couple of years. But um, I like to be a realist. I'm not that fan who's who's just I'm usually like pretty even keel, know what to expect. So it is what it is. But um, Nick, how do you feel about this this um? extension and just the team in general real quick i'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around the extension as well that's just a lot of money to give someone who's not very proven and i was looking at ottawa senators and they have a lot of a lot of people on eight million dollar contracts starting well between now and next season it looks like they'll have a fair amount of cap space next season but they're pretty loaded con contract wise so it'll be curious to see what they do moving forward if they keep all the pieces that they currently have long-term. I mean, hopefully it'll help them improve as a team. Obviously, time will tell this season whether or not that is the case. Sanderson's entry-level contract isn't even up yet. He's still on that ELC for this season, and then that big contract goes into effect next season. So that's still, it's just insane. Yeah, yeah, I agree, especially if he has a year left. If I was the GM, I would let him play out, you know, at least part of this season before making a determination whether to give him a contract that large. It's just it's just baffling to me. He hasn't even played in the AHL. Yeah, I saw that. He has he's only played in the NCAA um and uh for Team USA and a couple other smaller teams in smaller leagues prior to this point I mean, he's largely unproven they must see something in him that they feel will pay off in the long run but it's just an unproven commodity they're i guess they're believing that his talent will rise to the occasion and he will be worth what they're giving him which is i mean he's getting more than chabot bare barely starting next season has been around a lot quite a bit longer so yeah it's it's crazy to me if the ottawa senators have any fans still we'd love to hear your thoughts about that <laughs> we don't hear from them very often do we <laughs> no no i i always forget that ottawa exists honestly i think they're gonna give us a run for our money this se- these next couple seasons but they're pretty uh, unremarkable and have been for a while. Yeah, I, I was still hoping that Ryan Reynolds was going to buy them, you know, but that didn't come to fruition, so that was, that was disappointing. Imagine Deadpool owning a hockey team. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Agreed. Uh, imagine the promos they could have. With Snoop Dogg, right? <laughs> he was supposed to do it with Snoop Dogg for a while? Or am I making that up? I think those were two separate ownership groups. Uh-huh. I think that Ryan Reynolds was part of an ownership group that was going to buy them, and then Snoop Dogg was involved in another ownership group that had made a bid for them too. But I don't think either of them got that, if I remember correctly. Jacob, you got anything to say about the uh, Sen? Yeah, well, back on Sanderson, only time will tell. Last season, he had 32 points, um, which mid for defensemen. But he... Played upwards of 30 minutes per game last season. If he can do that throughout his career, I'd say that he's worth the money. And then the Senators, I mean, they got a good young core, and I feel like they will be in the playoffs here soon, sooner than Buffalo. (laughs) And with the addition of Vladimir Tarasenko, too, you know, they've got a really good veteran presence there. They've got Claude Giroux. uh, They've got Tarasenko. Shabbat, as mentioned. Travis Hamannick was picked up by them as well. So they've got a really good veteran presence for those young guys in there who are able to mentor them, get them going in this league, and maybe help this team get over the hump of being so 
mediocre that they have been over the last couple of years. I mean, I always go back to comparative Cassidy's comparative corner, as I call it. Cassidy's comparative corner. We already said Sanderson and Shabbat are right around the same. Miro Hiskinen's only making 8.4. Quinn Hughes is making 7.8. Josh Morrissey, 6.25. I mean, Jacob Chuba, Michael Michael Sergachev's making 8.5. Wow. I mean, I'd almost take any of those guys over this kid. Kind of nuts. Well, that's because they're proven. I, I would probably be in the same boat as you if it were up to me. I'd rather have any of the guys that have been in the league more so over the last couple of years than some kid who's played 77 games. But like it was mentioned, the Senators have to see something in him. There has to be a reason why they gave him that big contract. And if what you're predicting actually does happen with the cap and it does go up, they're going to be in a really great position in the next couple of years. Agree. Agree. So the NHL GMs and coaches also met this week. There were no rule changes, nothing too crazy that happened. The big thing that did happen was that former Chicago Blackhawks coach Joel Quenville and former Chicago Blackhawks GM Stan Bowman were there. There's a lot of speculation as to whether those two are going to be back and involved with another team in the NHL. And I really feel that that's going to cause some contention in the league if they're able to come back after what happened. To recap, in the simplest way possible, they were involved with the whole Kyle Beach sexual abuse scandal, and it seems that they maybe were part of a cover-up that happened. I believe it was in the 2010 season. All of that came out over the last couple seasons. Stan Bowman left as Chicago Blackhawks GM, and then Joel Quenville stepped down as Florida Panthers head coach. Almost, I think it was two days after the fact. I just feel like sports in general, any sport, sucks at this like, you see football, like the Ray Rice dragging the woman out of the elevator, like he got barely a slap on the wrist. It's just like, these people are held to a higher standard, and they're role models, and they still get a slap on the wrist. Like, in my opinion, I don't, ugh, it's, it's hard to say, because like, the incident aside, they're both Hall of Famers. But now, I don't know if they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, because of what happened. And obviously, we have admins on this page who swear up and down the team knows and that Kane, Taze, and Keith, who I think are all shoe-ins for the Hall of Fame, shouldn't be in. I don't know if I'd go that far. Obviously, in your work life, too, like, your bosses know stuff you don't know, and they keep it from you, know, all that kind of stuff. So, I don't think I really want to see these guys get another job. Do I think they can have one tomorrow? Absolutely. But I don't know if I necessarily think they deserve a chance. They haven't even been disciplined. They had to step mm-hmm. down. They didn't get fined. They didn't get suspended. There's nothing on their record, quote-unquote, that shows any kind of discipline for any wrongdoings on this incident. They voluntarily stepped away because they knew it was going to happen one way or another, in my mind. That's kind of the biggest thing for me, too, is that, yes, it was their choice to do so, but have they done enough since then to warrant coming back into the NHL, having a job in, in the league? I, I don't know. I, I Obviously, you know, I don't want to cast judgment on, on them, but at the same time, it's like, there's no way that the head coach and the GM of the team at the time didn't know what was going on. And the fact that it took a decade plus to come into the light and be brought to the public is kind of sickening to me. Yeah, the optics definitely do not look good in this situation. I'm kind of surprised they let them come to the meeting and speak at the meeting after all of that transpired and how they've just kind of faded away since then. But uh, yeah, I agree. I don't feel great about the idea of Bettman reinstating them. Like you both said, I mean, they weren't punished at all. There was no, no retribution, no penalizing or anything. They just merely stepped away so they didn't have to be embarrassed or 
drug through the mud or anything like that. So I, at this time, I don't think they should be reinstated or allowed to come back to the league. It sucks because I'm a big, big, big time believer, especially in this day of age where it doesn't happen, of innocent until proven guilty. But it doesn't, the picture isn't looking too good for them with that, you know. Jacob, I kind of want to hear your opinion on this. Obviously, you're both in the same crappy division. You see each other quite often. How do you feel about them coming back? Say they came back and they were a head coach GM of the Coyotes. I know we're going to touch on the Coyotes later with the Bill Armstrong extension, but how do you feel about that, Jacob? I kind of agree. I don't think they should be allowed to be reinstated. I just feel like there's no place in hockey for that and there should be repercussions for what they did. I don't know. I just feel like in general, most people would say that they wouldn't like to have a coach or a GM on the other side of the ice when you're playing them that have had those accusations. And I mean, most likely known facts. I, I just feel like it's it doesn't belong in hockey at all. Now, let me ask you a question, obviously. So they've both been out of the game just under two seasons. If they went to go see Batman and Batman says, hey, you have to serve another two years as a sus- official suspension. And then you're allowed back. Would any of you guys be okay with that? I don't know. I mean, I I still feel strongly given, you know, what we know about the situation and just how it stayed quiet so long and and everything. I don't, I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'd ever feel comfortable um, with them being in the league because who knows if that could very well happen again. So both Bowman and Quenville have been out of the game for just under two seasons. If, Let's say Gary Bettman came down and said, hey, you have to serve two more seasons as an official suspension. How would you feel about that, Jesse? Do you think that's enough time, or do you just think, screw you both, you're out? End of story. Well, we've talked a lot about second chances on this podcast over the last couple weeks, and I don't necessarily think that... I don't necessarily think that it should be indefinite of a suspension for them. Perhaps maybe they should have another opportunity to be able to redeem themselves in that regard. Do I think that they could make a comeback? Yeah, I do. I know that Quenville's name was brought up when the New York Rangers were searching for their next head coach. So would I be against it? No, I don't think so. I think that maybe they should get that second chance, but they also need to show some sort of regret for what has happened in Chicago. Do you think they both still deserve to have a plaque hanging in the Hall of Fame after this? I think that that would put a really big blemish on the Hockey Hall of Fame. So no, I don't. Another thing that happened this week is that the Arizona Coyotes have extended their general manager, Bill Armstrong. It looks like he is going to be remaining with the club for the next three years. I don't hate it. I mean, he's stockpiled a bunch of draft picks. Obviously. The Coyotes have been bottom dwellers. I think he got a good return for uh, Oliver ekman Larson because I believe that was him. I think he got a good return for uh, Chick Churin or Chickering. I don't know why I keep on calling him Chick Churin. It must be my New England thing. But uh, Chickering, I think he got a good return for both those players. We'll see how like uh, Clayton Keller, Peyton, the uh, Logan Cooley's do in the next year or two. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. I just didn't know we're close. I mean, I think in order to even make the playoffs, they need to have an arena that fits more than 5,000 people. So, yeah, they're nowhere close. What a crap show. They did tease something on Twitter earlier this week, or X, whatever the hell we're calling it today, and uh, everyone was, was giving them a lot of crap for it. That 
I really want that team to succeed. Like Gary Bettman, I feel like the the only way to expand the game is to get into markets like Arizona, like Florida, Texas. But it's just such a mess, and it's been a mess for a while. Uh, those poor guys. Yeah, yeah, they've had a rough go at it here for a good bit now. Jacob, this is another team in your crappy division. Do you have any opinions on them and the GM in general? Yeah, I mean, it seems like Armstrong is making good steps to where we can see the Coyotes doing better. They have some decent pieces, but definitely, like you said, Cass, nowhere close to to making the playoffs yet competing for a cup. That sentence is laughable. Competing for the cup in Arizona Coyotes? No. Not this decade. <laughs> How about competing for a top five finish in their conference? That's more realistic. <laughs> They're not listed last in the Central. Ooh. Who is listed last in the Central? Anyone have any guesses? Is it that crappy team that we were talking about five minutes ago? Blackhawks? It was. It's the Blackhawks <laughs> they have. I honestly like Vomelka. I think I think he's, he's a good goaltender. Wow. Blunt, you know what I mean? I'm surprised no one's traded for him. I, I mean, I think... Um, a certain Seattle Kraken admin would love to have him on their team over the Martin Joneses and the I don't know about Philip Grubauer, but Well Martin Jones not would be a good one A, one B. I know, he's on Toronto. He's no not on the team anymore, that. yeah. So uh I'm I'm good suck on that. It. I get it. Yeah, so suck it. That's right. Before we move on to the Metropolitan Division and our opinions on that, I actually wanted to talk about the US Hockey Hall of Fame class. They announced the inductees for the Hockey Hall of Fame class of 2023. U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. Let's make that clear. It's not the Toronto one. It's the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. Dustin Brown. We all know him. L.A. Kings captain. He won a cup in 2012. And what year, Jesse? I don't remember. I was blacked out drunk. (laughs) I'll remind you. 2014. Nope. Don't recall. Brian Burke. He actually just got fired from the Pittsburgh Penguins. So that's great. But he's been in hockey forever. See him on TV all the time. You know who he is. Jamie Langenbrunner. 18-year NHL career with the Stars, Devils, and Blue, uh, St. Louis Blues. He secured a couple in 99 with the Dallas Stars. Katie King-Crawley, she was a head coach of Boston College Hockey, 17 years there. Three Olympic appearances, and she's got all three medals, gold, silver, bronze. Brian Murphy, who is actually an NHL official, which is pretty cool. His career on the ice band from 88 to 2020. Holy crap, what is that, 32 years? Nice. Quick math cast. You like that, huh? In 2019, he became only the eighth person in NHL history to officiate 2,000 regular season games. That's a lot. That is a long time. That is nuts. That is wow. <laughs> like, all these players get the silver stick for a G, a G, you know what I mean? This guy's skating around, and you can say arguably... I mean, obviously they're not skating all around, but they're not doing 45-second shifts either. They're out there for the full 60, wow. 65 with overtime. So like, that's, <laughs> that's that guy must be ripped. I also feel like they have the hardest job in the entire game, too. I mean, yeah, you know, I understand the calls and, and things that get missed and all that, but, I mean, these guys are human beings, so it's inevitable that some things might get missed. Yeah, especially this day and age when everything gets slowed down to frame by frame and all that stuff. But I will say, they, they must be in superb shape. You don't see too many fat refs out there. I want to be a ref, so maybe, uh, you, maybe you might. You might see a fat ref out there in a little bit. <laughs> well, I need to learn how to skate before I can be a ref. Refing some peewee hockey games and getting beer thrown at me by the parents. Peanuts. One more thing about Murphy. He actually he also officiated nine Stanley Cup finals. Whoa. I mean, you figure that's... 
over a quarter of his years in the league, right? Boom, boom, quick math, yeah. That's that's wild. Yeah, so he was he was busy. He he got to experience a a whole lot in you know those three plus decades of hockey officiating. How many of those finals were the Wild in? <laughs> none. They were in none. That's the answer. Okay. Thank you, Jesse. I thought everyone's mic broke for a little while. You're welcome. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. No, I'm not, gonna, for a second. I'm not going to let that one die. We got to let. We got to make sure Jacob knows. I already got my dig on the Wild. I always got my dig on the Rangers. I have to go for the Hurricanes <laughs> next, just for Amanda, not for you, Nick. We've been over this. I think he's lying to you, Nick. He 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 does it a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> he sure does. No, I legit have a Carolina Hurricanes hoodie that I wear to work just to get disgusting, so I don't ruin my good clothes. <laughs> it was only twenty bucks. It was that Stadium Series hoodie. It was it was nice. It was nice. It was nice. <laughs> One quick note on the Senators, going back to them real quick. They got two first-round draft picks in 2024. So they're going to stockpile their prospect pool even more. Do you know much about next year's draft class? I don't. It's, I don't, (laughs) to put it bluntly. No, I mean, I don't think there's any kind of player near Connor Bedard or even the Leo Carlson. Like, I haven't heard any, like, front-runner of that draft class yet. I haven't seen anything in the hockey news. Even though every single time I get the hockey news, I usually throw it in the corner and I end up throwing it away because it's four months old. Or you mail it to so, me. That's true. What was that for? The, the Seattle Kraken winning the cup? Nope. That wasn't that. Okay. No, but they got further than um, your team did the last season, so I'll, I'll pride myself on that. That's right. That's right. There we go. What did I? Which one did I send you? Uh, you sent me a Rangers one. I think it uh, featured uh, Shesterkin, and then oh. there was a, a Kraken one that that you sent me as well, going over, like, the origins of the team and stuff. I think this was even before they had a, pl- a roster. That's right. I have to be nice to you. You have my address. <laughs> as if we need anyone else threatening to come to your house from this page. Anyway. Oh, amen. Amen to that. <laughs> Luck- luckily, his got returned back to send us, so I don't have to worry about that. So. Um, yeah, let's break down the Metropolitan Division. So, the hockey news... Every every single time we're going to break one of these down, I just got the quick hockey news, what they think the standing is going to be for 2023-2024. So their order is Carolina Hurricanes 1, New Jersey Devils 2, New York Rangers 3, Pittsburgh Penguins 4 as a wild card, and the only wild card for the Metropolitan Division. Then they have the New York Islanders, the Washington Capitals, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Philadelphia Flyers. Jesse, let's go to you first. How do you feel about that list, and where do you think they're wrong and why? I think it's reasonable. I could foresee the Rangers being in that third place slot in the division. You said for fourth, they're, for the wild card, they have Pittsburgh going in? Yes, and this is... So they actually were updated enough to actually have Eric Carlson on this. So they figured... That's where the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be with Carlson on the team and with the Smith gone. I could see them being in that fourth place slot, but I agree with you. What? I think that maybe the Atlantic is going to have both wild cards. Yeah, I know it's a pretty remarkable uh, happenstance here, but uh, yeah, I think I think the Atlantic is going to have uh, two teams in that wild card spot. I just don't really see any of those bottom teams making any sort of moves. They haven't really done anything. The Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, I know it's been a joke in our Discord for the last couple months that they've gotten geriatric, but realistically, like, they haven't really done anything to, to move the needle, um, in, my, in my opinion. Philly's nowhere near it. Columbus is nowhere near it. Washington 
hasn't done anything really themselves. I think that they're more focused on getting Ovi that goal scorer's title. Yeah, can we just get that over with at this point? I do want to say, we never really talked about the Pittsburgh Penguins too much in our group chats until Tyson came around. So he's both a blessing and a curse. I mean, he brings attention to that team, to us at least. He called it a while ago before they even traded Eric Carlson that he wanted him. I still think they're going to miss the playoffs. But um, Tyson, great job covering that team. Pennsylvania for the win. Nick, what are your thoughts about that list? Um, I mean, I agree with most of it. Actually, I could see the Penguins and Rangers say it flip flopping. I mean, oh. it, it could go either way. I think that's gonna be. I think it's gonna be tight for number three. Just like I think the top two are gonna be really close. I think the Canes could battle on top, but I think it'll be tight like it was last year. Toy, toy like a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think one wild card will come out of the Metro. Although you know. Atlantic's going to be very competitive, too. And, yeah, I, I can agree with the bottom half, although I think maybe the Blue Jackets will be at the bottom versus the Flyers. Speaking of the Columbus Blue Jackets, I also wanted to bring up something that our Blue Jackets admin, Ryan, said. He said the Blue Jackets finished with 545 man games lost last season. That is the second most in the NHL. They have a new coach with a new attitude, a new shiny draft pick from Michigan, which makes now five of them on the roster, and $5 million in cap space if they want to make a move. With the trash that Chicago has surrounding Bedard, I'm taking Fantilli for the Calder. That's a pretty bold move there, Ryan. That is very bold. (laughs) He will be on the ice with Kirill Marchenko, who started playing for Columbus in December, and finished with 21-4 and 25 in 59 games played with a time on ice average of 16 minutes and 11 seconds, working from the third and fourth lines most of the time. Kent Johnson, one of those University of Michigan players that are on the roster, can hopefully stay healthy and not overdo it with his Michigan goal attempts. What do you guys think of that? It says it all. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're going to go very far. I don't think they're going to be bottom, but they're going to be scraping the bottom of that barrel. I think, their goal, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch, don't get me wrong. I think it'll be different with Zach Wierenski having a full season there. Obviously, I'm not a big fan of Babcock in the first place. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I do think Adam Fantilli is going to be electric to watch. But, I mean, you say Connor Bedard is surrounded by trash. I mean, Columbus is a young team. So, that, he's not surrounded by trash, but he's not surrounded by players who have reached their NHL capacities yet either. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I'm actually I'm really looking forward to watching Fantilli play. I think he's going to be fantastic, but the pieces just aren't there yet from what I see. Now, could they get a, a relatively big-name player at the trade deadline with a big cap hit to use up some of this cap? Yeah, but I don't think it's going to make a difference. I don't think they're good at, going to get out of the bottom half of the division. I think they made the right moves this offseason. I think they've done enough to trend in the right direction, but I do agree with you. I don't foresee them getting out of the bottom four in the Metropolitan. It's going to be a really telling season for them, especially with them picking up Babcock as their head coach, them having Fantilli. They did also get Ivan Provorov in that three-way trade with LA and Philly. I thought I think that's a nice addition for them. They got Severson, too, from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the defensive core... The top three is going to be different because Wierenski was basically injured all last year, so it's going to be Wierenski, Severson, and Proveroff. So the top three on D is going to look good, but besides that, uh, hopefully Johnny Hockey has a better season this year too. I actually kind of like the way the defense is shaping up, um, but it's just going to take some time for that 
team to gel and get experience. So, I mean, like you said, it's a pretty young team. They may very well get there, but I think they're probably at least a season or two away from getting out of the bottom half. How do you think they are in goal? Um, okay. <laughs> I like Elvis. I, th- I think they're okay. I like Merzlikens. I think he's had, I don't want to say he's had good seasons because that's not true, but you got to also take into consideration the team around him. I think he has the potential to be a really good goaltender in the NHL. I think he has the, if if he's surrounded by the right team in front of him, he can definitely be a make or break for that team. Yeah, I was just looking up Elvis's stats from last season. He not good. No, they weren't. Not they good. were not good. Four point two three goals allowed. That's yikes. Yeah, he did not have a good season last year. But I mean, did anyone on Columbus? You know, as Cass mentioned, Johnny Hockey did not perform to the expectations that, or maybe he did perform to the expectations that we had for him in Columbus. Uh, but they were not good. They were not up there. Yeah, well, I will just say, um, looking back, starting in 2019 with the Blue Jackets, his averages were 2.35, 2.77, 3.22, and then 4.23. So every season, he's been getting incrementally worse. That's something to definitely keep an eye on. I think that's because the team has gotten incrementally worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Poor guy. That's a valid point. Oh, yikes. Um, Daniil Tarasov, too. Yikes. 3.91. Oof. But yeah, I agree. It's it's definitely also has to do with the team around him. But hopefully as the defense gets better, at least on paper, hopefully that'll equate to better performance between the pipes. It'll be interesting to see with the new coach how they do, too. Like I, like I said with, um, who was I talking about? Oh, with Calgary. A new coaching change can make a world of a difference. Just ask Brett with Paul Maurice. So it's going to be very interesting. I don't think they're going to be anywhere close to a playoff spot, but I wouldn't be surprised if they jump up twenty points. And I agree with I agree with that. You say that, but you also don't like Mike Babcock. I don't, but I can't deny he's a decent coach. Just like I don't like you, but you know I'm still hanging out with you, talking at nine fifty one at night. Only because you <laughs> want to. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah, I have too much FOMO. I have to be involved with these things. Moving on to the Flyers, Philadelphia is sad and pathetic they have a lot of chaotic energy surrounding them and no i am not talking about gritty they did fire their gm chuck fletcher at the end of the of the last regular season and they brought in danny briere to replace him Uh, additionally they brought in keith jones as president of hockey operations which was announced during last season's stanley cup playoffs which they weren't in uh they dumped kevin hayes in a trade to st louis and they received cal peterson sean walker and prospect helga granz in the three-way trade with la and columbus their offseason has been lackluster as hell man honestly i don't think they had much to work with but i don't expect them to budge very much from where they currently are if you're looking to waste a bunch of money, they're 100 to 1 to win the cup. So there's that. I mean, Jesse kind of talked about it. They lost D'Angelo. They lost Provorov. They lost Van Riemsdyk. They gained Hathaway, Sean Walker. That's about all that is there to note. If you want to watch a team that's probably going to suck this season, the Flyers are the one to watch. Do you say that because you like John Tortorella's outbursts, or do you say that because you just want to watch Gritty as much <laughs> as you can? <laughs> Uh, I would definitely lean more towards Gritty than uh, Torts. <laughs> How pissed off must he be that that's the mascot for the team? Yeah. I love Gritty. I think he's the only <laughs> redeeming right. quality of the Philadelphia Flyers, and I think that he should just be put on the ice in lieu of the entire team. Just 20 Gritties on the ice? I'll take it. 
19. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Imagine that bench. <laughs> <laughs> now, now here's here's a question um, about the Flyers. Do you all think that Carter Hart will remain the starter, or do you think that perhaps Cal Peterson will uh, compete with him for the 1A? I think it would be a huge slap in the face to Carter if they if they put in Cal Peterson first. I think that they might try and see what happens with both of the goaltenders. If they start Peterson over Hart in the first game, I don't foresee Hart being there for much longer after that. Oh, oh, I agree. If Hart struggles, I'm sure they'll give Peterson a run to see what he's got. But which they should. Which they should. It's just... Looking at how they both were last season, it's it wasn't incredible. So I have a soft spot in my heart, no pun intended, for Carter Hart. I watched him play over here in Everett for the Everett Silvertips in the WHL. So he is the only player on that team that I can say that I like with you know utmost certainty. I really want him to perform well. I really want him to do well in this league. I think that he needs to get off this team. Honestly, I I feel like they haven't been able to develop him as well as they should have. They didn't really have him in the AHL that much. They relied heavily on him when he first came over with the team. And I think that was more of a detriment to him than anything else. Yeah, more than likely. I mean, he started out well enough. He did. At least his second season, his average 2.42 goals allowed. And then in the playoffs, 2.23. So, I mean, that's pretty good. But yeah, just since they struggled, I mean, you may be right. He may just need to find a, another home to f- develop and get where he needs to be. So it's kind of crazy because I don't know if the Philadelphia Flyer beat reporter for the Hockey News just sucks. But his goaltending uh, depth chart is Carter Hart, Felix Sandstrom, and Samuel Erson. He doesn't even have Cal Pedersen on the roster. Maybe that was released before they traded for him? No, because they have Sean Walker on it. Nope. Never mind. <laughs> Suck it. Yeah, that's strange. Uh, I don't think he dipped that much that he wouldn't be at least competing for it in training camp. So, the beat reporter must suck just like the team. I have absolutely no love lost for the Flyers. I love the fact that they're bottom dwellers in this division. Again, though, I just really want to see Carter Hart perform. uh, And I think the only way he's going to be able to do that is by getting off this crappy team. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the Flyers are going to be bad this year. They'll probably end up last in the Metro. But they do have some decent young pieces like Morgan Frost and Tyson Foster. Forster. I couldn't tell you how to pronounce that. And Bobby Brink, which I love Bobby Brink. Former Sioux City Musketeer. But then they got Travis Konechny and Sean Couturier, which are both pretty decent players. Um, but they're definitely a garbage franchise and will probably finish with a top five pick this year. <laughs> Garbage franchise for a garbage city, baby. At least they can watch the Eagles try and make it to the Super Bowl again. Let's not talk about them. Get out of here. You're done. Moving on, we've got the Washington Capitals. Not much has happened for them since the end of the regular season. This last season was the first time they missed the playoffs since 2014, though they haven't won a playoff round since their Stanley Cup victory in 2018. With Alex Ovechkin chasing the all-time goal scorer's title, it seems the team isn't going to enter a rebuild until he achieves that feat. And he's only 72 goals away from doing so. Do you guys think that they're going to be waiting for Ovechkin to acquire that title before they go into a rebuild or do you think they're going to start making moves before that happens i think they're going to wait i mean i think they should go ahead and start making moves starting at this season's trade deadline but it seems like you all alluded to earlier that they're just waiting for him to get the title before they blow it up 
He has three years left on his contract. He is 72 goals away from doing so. His last season, he had 42 goals. Prior to that, he had 50 goals. So I think he could be on par for doing that within the next season and a half if he remains at that level for goal scoring. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I would be shocked if it took him longer than that to to get the title. Now, how do you feel about him surpassing Wayne Gretzky for that goal scorer's title? Well... It's, it's just hard to fathom that, that he even could, right? I mean, it's as great as Gretzky was. Who would have thought someone would ever be in this spot where they could surpass him? I mean, ideally, I'd like for it to remain Gretzky's, but it feels inevitable at this point that Ovechkin's going to overtake him sooner rather than later. I mean, like you said, I, mean, I think within the next season and a half, I, the title's all his. It's a matter of not if, but when. Exactly. You know, I don't I don't see him scoring less than 30 goals any season, no matter who he's playing for, obviously. I mean, Washington just picked up Pacioretty, but he's still, who knows with him. I mean, with the Achilles, I think it was Achilles, right? Pop, pop, yeah. right away. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. So, hey, he's, he's uh, Pacioretty's not going to start the season either, I think. I saw he's still struggling with uh, recovering from that injury. He didn't have Tom Wilson on his right wing all year long, basically, because I think he played less than 10 games and then he got injured, which is weird. This is why I don't really like the hockey news. They have for the center depth on the Washington Capitals, line one, Dylan Strom, line two, Kuznetsov, and line three, Backstrom. I thought Backstrom was still a top-line guy. Maybe I'm wrong because I don't watch them too much, but... I can't see Backstrom being on the third line. They're going to have Dylan Strom over Backstrom? No. Get out of here. They had they had Tarasenko on the third line, too, for Ottawa. I was like, what? You need to stop referencing that hot, that website. Or magazine, whatever. I just can go with the information <laughs> that I got, you know? Maybe they just put the names in a hat and pull them out and put them in that order. Who knows? Oh, look at here. They have Jesse as the fifth center. Oh, my God. They're going to hate me. I'm going to get injured real quick. <laughs> as long as you get paid, that's all that matters. League minimum, baby. I'll take it. Give it to me right now. I'll sign that contract any day. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> right. <laughs> I just got to learn how to skate. I don't even have to play. Just slap me on LTIR. I'm good. Up next is everyone's least favorite New York team, the New York Islanders. Lou Lamarillo must be asleep at the wheel. Yeah, the Islanders did make the playoffs last season, but they didn't put up much of a fight against the Hurricanes, where they lost four games to two. Their most dominating performance was in Game 3, where they won 5-1. But aside from that, this is much of the same team from last season. Lou's biggest move since 2021 was acquiring Bo Horvat from the Vancouver Canucks. Is that a big enough change to push them over the hump? I personally don't think so. I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs this year. Agreed. Definitely. I also agreed. I mean, with with the state of the East where everyone's clamoring to acquire more firepower in their arsenal, the Islanders just totally fall, fall flat in that regard. So I definitely don't see them taking a step forward. They will probably miss the playoffs. It's almost like Lou's lost his touch, you know what I mean? He traded away the best defenseman in Devin Levi. I think he got two second-round draft picks. But Did I just say Devin Levi? I meant Devin Taze. He got two second-round draft picks, but I think I'd rather have Taze in that instant. I mean, they just he hasn't really done anything to improve that team first. They also have the the least Sebastian Ajo in the league, too. So there's that. Wish.com Sebastian Ajo. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's just one of those things, like, if they were to make the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if they went decently far on the back of Sorokin and the way they play, the shutdown style that they play, but they're not going to make Their shutdown style is great because it allows for them to, you know, keep the games low scoring, but they haven't 
had anybody who's been a goal scorer, who's been the guy that they rely on for the last couple of seasons. Their their games have always been lower scoring games from the ones that I've watched. I try really hard not to watch the Islanders because they're just irrelevant to me. But the ones that I do see, yeah, they shut down their opponents and whatnot, but they if you can't score, you're not going to win. So who are they going to rely on this next season? Is it going to be Bo Horvat? I mean, it'd have to be. Uh, in my opinion, I mean, he brings more to the table than anybody else in their forward group. They would need Barzell to bounce back too. He's been playing last couple seasons. I mean, Horvat, yes, last year between the Canucks and the Islanders, he had 38 goals. So, I mean, he can... He can score. He can score some points, yeah. <laughs> How many of those came with New York? Seven. <laughs> in 30 games. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, the Islanders will struggle bust. I mean, you can't just have one score, though, right? I mean, you need, you need at least two or three putting pucks in the net. So it doesn't look good for these guys. I'm looking at their forward list and Anders Lee had 28 goals in 82 games. Barzell, 14 goals in 58 games. JG Pajot had 13 goals in 70 games. So these guys are, I don't want to say struggling to score, but ha- like they don't have anyone to rely on and they're not scoring by committee either. So they're going to have to figure something out if they want to make that push. I mean, I said it before, I'll say it again. He didn't really put up a lot of numbers last year, but they did not re-sign Josh Bailey last year. He only played 64 games, got 25 points, 8 goals. But, I mean, he's been there forever. So, there's chemistry there. He's another one. Between him and Tatar, I can't believe none of them got signed. It, it's kind of bonkers to me. Unless they're asking for 6 mil, I don't, I don't get it. I still can't believe Tartar's not signed. That's wild. What is he going to the wild? Well, no, no, no. <laughs> this is crazy. It's crazy that he hasn't been signed by anybody yet. Moving on to the better New York team, the New York Rangers. Now, I've spoken often about how disappointed I was on this show about the Rangers' postseason performance last year, especially after they made those huge trades for Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko. With the moves that New Jersey has made this season, I can easily see them being ousted out of the playoffs again should they face the Devils at all as much as it pains me to say. The Rangers and GM Chris Drury did make a lot of moves this offseason, signing veterans Jonathan Quick, Nick Benino, and Blake Wheeler to one-year deals. They extended defenseman Keandre Miller and forward Alexi Lafreniere, who hasn't really performed up to expectations, as we've mentioned, for that of a first overall draft pick. They did mutually part ways with head coach Gerard Gallant, who brought the club to the playoffs in his first two seasons coaching, and they replaced him with Peter Laviolette. As Cass mentioned, I do think that the new coach being brought in is going to be a benefit for the team. I don't really see them taking a step back, but I know that some of y'all have different opinions, so I'd love to hear them. I'll take a stab at it first. It's been like five years since I've seen him in a uniform but i really 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 like riley nash he's like a cheap veterans presence he could fill in anywhere i mean if one of those four centers go down with an injury he could fill any of those four spots so i think he's an underrated addition to the new york rangers same thing with benino he's older but that's that's a key guy on the fourth line who i i really like i was praying that blake wheeler would come over to boston being here already but 
I think you're going to see a huge jump in his numbers, especially. I feel like he'll mesh well with Trocek and Kreider if that's the line. As far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, Jesse, they're not like speedy guys, but they're like, they're quick with their hockey sense more than they're quick with their feet in the, you know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Like, they're not like a, like a speed line. They're more of like a. Kreider's probably the fastest out of all of them. Kreider's got some pretty good speed. He's, he's shown it over the last couple of years. The daily faceoff has Blake Wheeler on the second line with Panarin and Trocek, which I actually don't hate. If Panarin's able to set him up and Wheeler's able to take those shots, I think that they could be scoring a lot of goals on that second line. And I feel like that's what they need. That the top four D is up there in the league. You know, I, I do like the Fox Truba, Keandre Miller, and we talked about Ryan Lindgren. We gushed over him already. I can gush over him all day. I'll do it all day. I love him. Ew. And then you guys got Shesterkin, and I know you hate Jonathan Quick, but I think he's a better backup than Louis Domingue. I think he's a better backup than Yaroslav Halak, too. So, I mean, they definitely improved there. I agree, too. So, and same thing, like, new coaching system. It's going to all these, it's weird. I don't remember a time unless, I I have really bad short-term memory sometimes, but I don't remember a time where I can remember three teams that were in playoff contention got new coaches where we're talking about, well, they can either take a huge step or they can just kind of peter out. And I think that's the same with the Rangers. Like, Laviolette, his his resume speaks for itself. So that's how I feel about that. Do you know if they have any younger kids or rookies who could take the step this year? I'm hoping that Lafreniere is going to do something, man, because if he doesn't, they're going to get rid of him. And I don't think they're going to get as much as they should for a first overall pick if they trade him. I think Kako has to make some moves. I really like Heedle. Um, they gave him a almost a $4.5 million contract uh, last season, I believe. I think that he's going to be a bigger presence for this team. Nick, how do you feel about it? I mean, you're in the same division as them. You see them quite a bit. We eliminated you two years ago. Don't forget about that. Wow, way to live in the past. <laughs> True. All right, man. You do it, I do it. That's all we got to do. <laughs> I agree with Lafreniere. This is a make or break season for him. I mean, if he doesn't perform this year, I agree with Jesse that he's going to be gone. I mean, he's had a chance. He hasn't really performed to expectation. I mean, he got an extension, right? Am I right in that? Or is he still in his other deal? They did extend him. They did extend him for two years as a bridge deal. Yeah. So they're giving him one more chance. If he doesn't do it this year, he's gone. And I also, I, I like the Blake Wheeler pickup. I think that was a savvy pickup by the Rangers. He's going to he's gonna do better than a lot of people think he will, uh, even given his age. He's going to do more for that team than Patrick Kane did. Oh, 100%. 100%. He's going to bring a lot more to the table than Kane did. Absolutely. And, you know, Jonathan Quick is a little bit of a risky pickup. I mean... I feel like it's a situation where, you know, you hope and pray that Shesterkin lasts the season and doesn't go down due to injury because otherwise, I mean, they're going to kind of be up against the wall, I feel like, in the goaltending department. Not not saying Quick isn't good, but given his age, I mean, that's that's risky. That's really risky. 800K, you see, though? And they've got really no one in the AHL aside from Louis Domingue who would be able to be called up. So, yeah, they're going to rely heavily on Chesterkin, as they have over the last couple of seasons. I do think that the pickup of Jonathan Quick is, you know, as I mentioned, better than having Yaroslav Halak. I liked Halak towards the end of the last season. In the beginning, I was really upset with him. Uh, I'm pretty sure I called him Swiss cheese multiple times in our discords, <laughs> but um, I I think that having Quick, especially being that Quick is from the area, 
You know, he grew up being a Rangers fan. I think that he's going to play a lot stronger than you might think. Oh, I mean, I think he can still play well, you know, but like I said, given his given his age, I mean, players' bodies only hold up for so long. I mean, I mean, you just have to hope Shesterkin doesn't have any issues. Mm-hmm. You don't want to see quick more than spot start. No, no. I agree there. Only when Jesse goes to see the Rangers play. <laughs> I mean, looking at that roster, I think they got better than they were last year. Playing yeah, they, they did. They, d- they definitely got better. Didn't you say they weren't going to make the playoffs, or was that Ethan? Uh, no, that was Ethan. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think it's uh, Devils, mm-hmm. Hurricanes, Rangers out of that division, and that's it. Jacob, let's have you chime in a little bit. You're kind of quiet over there. How do you feel about these Rangers? Do you think they're going to... Make a splash? You think they're going to win more than three games in the playoffs? What do you think? They're they're definitely going to be a good team. I said before that top three in the Metro is going to be Rangers, Hurricanes, Devils. In that order? Thank you. Yeah, it's a toss up. It's a toss up. <laughs> um, but you know they they got great pieces, and you could see them make a run for it. You could also see them lose in the first round again. Again. Shut up. Both of you. Bruins were awesome the first round two games. Yeah, I beat you to it. Up next is the New Jersey Devils. This team is a force to be reckoned with in this division. I've said it a couple times. They have made some significant moves, and they've become one of the most formidable teams in the entire Eastern Conference. They offloaded Damon Severson in a trade with Columbus and managed to pick up Tyler Toffoli and sent Igor Sharangovich to Calgary. Additionally, they extended Timo Meyer, who came over at the trade deadline from San Jose. This team has gotten incredibly good. If they can close the gaps uh, that fill up in their net, I could see them winning the cup in the next two or three years, as much as that pains me to say. This team has it all. I mean, they're just a little bit too young. I think give them two more years, they're going to be right up there. I think Luke Hughes is going to be a baller. He's going to be a phenomenal defenseman, just like his brother. I mean, they lost Miles Wood, who I think is somewhat of the heart and soul of that team, but is replaceable, if that makes any sense. It doesn't. They lost Ryan Graves. He already went over everyone. Mackenzie Blackwood, no one's going to miss. They, I don't get it. Like, why wouldn't they sign Thomas Tatar? He played there last year. Like, what the hell? I don't understand it. I really don't. I think the guy put up 40 points too, right? They've got a little bit under $2 million in cap space. I don't think they'd be able to afford Tatar. Yeah, that's true. And there's not really anyone on this team looking at their roster that I could see them getting rid of easily. No, but you think, like... He's a left wing, right wing. You think you'd want him as a third line right wing, you know, or something like that, playing with Palat and Hala. What did he put up to? Oh, 48 points in 82 games last year. I mean, playoffs, he sucked in the playoffs. He only, he only scored one goal in 12 games. So maybe that's why he's not doing as well. Yeah. I, I think Tyler Toffoli is going to be a huge player for them this season. I mean, he had 34 goals last season. On a Calgary Flames team that wasn't really hot. Right, he had 73 points last season on on that team. So, if he can mesh well with this team, he's gonna he's gonna bring a lot to the offense for sure. But yeah, this team is loaded top to bottom. I agree, they are still really young. They're probably a year or two away from getting the grit that they need to make a run all the way to the cup. I mean, they could always surprise us, but yeah, they they're loaded. Part of me wonders, though, are they going to miss Graves and Severson since they are both gone? I mean, Graves had 26 points. Severson had 33. I mean, that's not huge totals, but there are definitely decent players in the system. I think they're expecting Kevin Ball and Luke Hughes to take 
major steps this year. You know, obviously they have Dougie Hamilton. I don't know about Siegenthaler enough. I don't know if he's really a number two. And then obviously they got John Marino and they signed Colin Miller. They got that Simon Nemec kid who I think it was a first round draft pick too. So they got some players. Yeah, they got some players. I just you, you hope they can replace that production is all all I'm saying. Yeah, and that's the thing I love about this team too. They take their time with their young players. They're not just throwing them in and throw in. Like you saw Luke Hughes just once he was done college, he didn't play every single game. He just kind of worked his way in there. Same same thing with this Nemec kid. I think I'm almost positive. He was a first-round pick. He was um, second overall in the 2022 draft. So the kid, they expect big things out of him, probably more than Capo Caco got as a second overall pick. Thanks for the shade. Yeah, there you go. They're, take, they're taking the time with the young kids, you know, which is nice to see. Well, it, it's what they should do, too. They should give them time to develop instead of just throw them to the wolves, so to speak. Some players can handle it. Some players just break down and flame out well that goes back to the conversation that we had about carter hart you know they just threw him in and look at where he's at now so i think that the development is a crucial part of ensuring that these kids have success in this league it is not an easy league to play in it is completely different from any of those other minor junior leagues that they've played in they need time to grow to develop their skills to train and to see what the NHL is like. And yeah, I, I agree with that. They definitely, the Devils have always had really great development programs. And that has just shown, especially over this last year. Yeah, and I think that's talking about a different Metro team, my Metro team. But I think that's why the, the Canes are taking their time. That's next. <laughs> I think that's why the Canes are taking their time with Kachetkov. Because they want to give him time to develop and get acclimated. Instead of just throwing him out there. But with them and we can get this in a little bit you know how much of that is too much at what point does that hinder development there's a there's a balance there jacob do you have anything to say about the devils at all they they got a great young core i mean i think they might be a little short on the on defense obviously Cass thinks luke hughes is going to be great i haven't seen much of him um but they do have dougie hamilton but after him i don't see much for them there um, but they're they're definitely going to be a, a good team this year. And in the next couple of years, they'll be competing, if not this year, for a cup. I do like Siegenthaler on their blue line. Uh, he's a he's a big dude. And it was it was difficult when, when I was watching. I was watching the Devils a little bit more towards the end of the season because I knew that the Rangers were going to play them. Um, and even during the postseason, uh, trying to get through Siegenthaler was uh, a bit of a task. He was he was a big part of that shutdown in the first round of the New York Rangers. I think that he's deserves a little bit more credit than than we've given any of the other defensemen on this team. But yeah, I I could see them slacking after that second defensive pairing. And unfortunately, we do have to talk about the final Metropolitan Division team, the Carolina Hurricanes. A lot of murmurs have been made about the Canes being the favorites in the East to win the Cup over the last couple years. And while they have had much success in the playoffs, they can't seem to be the team to emerge from the Eastern Conference to make it to the Stanley Cup Final. They did re-sign two of their goalies, Antti Ranta and Frederick Anderson, effectively having a three-goalie rotation if you include Pyotr Kochekov. With the injury history of both Ranta and Anderson, I think it was a good move for them. 
They were also able to acquire the best defenseman available in free agency when they signed Dmitry Orlov to a two-year deal. They extended Shane Gostisbehere and reacquired Anthony D'Angelo from the Philadelphia Flyers. Not too many big changes for them, but why fix what hasn't been broken? If only they could win a game in the conference finals. Oh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, you just had to bring that up, didn't you? Yes, <laughs> just to just to take a jab at you and our lovely Kane's admins on this page, particularly Amanda. Oh my God, you guys are so mean to me. <laughs> it's okay. I can I can handle the heat. I can handle the heat. I mean, made it farther than your teams did, so it's, it's all good. <laughs> Ah, no comment. <laughs> okay, when's your last comment? See, I can't say that because it was sometime this century. Uh, so, Nick, why don't you why don't you leave this off? I got a couple strong opinions on this, but I want you to I want to hear what you got to say about this. Strong opinions. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, first off, I mean they obviously they didn't do a whole lot with shoring up the offense. They did uh, extend Aho out with an eight year nine point seven five AAV deal, and they added Michael Bunting who had a pretty good season last year for the Leafs. I mean, he had 23 goals, 49 points. I mean, decent. But, I mean, definitely defense is the bread and butter of this team, and they bolstered that with Orlov. They kept Burns around. They brought they brought back D'Angelo. I mean, he's... Amanda's favorite player. Everyone's favorite player. <laughs> He's kind of he's a definitely a liability on the defensive side, but hopefully he'll help with the offensive side. I mean, the Canes rely a good bit on the defense to provide offense, so I'm sure that was a major reason why they brought him back. He did have 42 points for the a very bad Flyers team last season. He did. He was not bad last season. He was not. But uh, yeah, they're gonna ride the defense. Actually, the Canes allowed the second fewest goals last season to the Bruins. The Canes allowed 210 goals. Bruins allowed 174. Then again, you know, the Bruins, they had a totally historic season, regular season, then for nothing, they flamed out in the first round. For nothing. For nothing. And like we talked about earlier, I mean, the biggest concern, I mean, the offense is a little bit of a concern, obviously, with not doing a whole lot to bolster that group. Although I think with Svechnikov coming back, that'll help a great deal in that area, no doubt. But the goalie situation is definitely the most tenable situation. They both played well last year, Freddie and, and Ranta, when they needed to, but they're they're just injury prone. I mean, sometimes if you feel like that if Freddie looks at someone wrong he's going to get an injury i mean it's just it's insane how much he gets hurt so they'll definitely at some point be leaning on kachetkov i mean he's definitely played well at times he's also struggled at times but that's part of developing that's part of being young he's 24 he has only been in the league you know parts of two seasons so he hasn't had much experience uh, but i definitely think he's the future of that position bronto has signed just through next year so i, I i'm a strong believer that could check up will get opportunity to shine and prove that he will be the goalie of the future for the team this season will be 13 players final season unless they are re-signed with the team do you think that their window is closing? Do you think that they have the opportunity to re-sign a lot of these guys? Where, where's your head at there? No, I don't think their window's closing. They've they've been kind of playing this game the past few years where they keep people on short contracts. Not entirely sure what the logic is there. I'm, I'm sure there is a good reason for that. 
But no, I don't think their window's closing. And I don't think that they're going to sit Pat either at the trade deadline this year. I'm almost certain that they're either going to trade Pesci or Shea for a good forward, uh, especially if the offense struggles. I mean, they're they're going to have to make a move. They can't sit Pat like they did last year. We see how that paid off in the playoffs. They just couldn't score, especially after Sveshnikov went down. So, What do you mean? They got Polio Yarvi. <laughs> Oh, Polio Arby. Gosh, I can't even say his name. <laughs> pool party. Pool party. We called him pool party. Pool party. Good old pool party. He was also a free agent in case uh, someone like the Rangers wants to pick him up. <laughs> no, thanks. Someone's got to take the crimson chin, man. <laughs> PTO with the Coyotes. So with these Hurricanes, they're very interesting. It's going to be like essentially like they have two brand new top left wings with Sveshnikov being injured most of last year in Bunting. Their offense was not very good last year. They were middle of the pack in the NHL, 15th overall. So that'll help them boast of that. Their defense only got better. We've kind of already talked about that. They were second in the league in penalty kill, second in defense. Sveshnikov and Bunting coming back will also help the power play. They were 20th last year, which isn't that good. I like, from the Carolina Hurricanes standpoint, I like the idea of trading a Pesci or a Brady Shea for a forward who could fit in. I mean, they could afford to lose one of those guys and someone could step right in. I mean, they got some decent prospects as defensemen as well. I do think Seth Jarvis is going to take a nice little uh, jump in points this year. And um, I see, like, the East is so tight, like, depending who the, the wild card is, if they're first or second, like, it all depends on what happens. Like. If they're second and the Rangers are third, I think that'll be a phenomenal series. It has been in the past. Like, Carolina can't score, basically. Like, and Shesterkin's already a wall. Uh, obviously, we know the goaltending on the Hurricanes is good, but not great. So, like, if that was a matchup, I would take the Rangers in seven. And if they're the first place team, it'd be interesting to see who the wild card is. It all, it, it, everything moves around so much in the NHL, and everything's just so tight. It's, there's not really one or two teams. Like, yeah, Carolina is pretty stacked. Don't get me wrong. Like, But, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong. You don't have, a, like, a rookie who's ready to take the next step, right? Besides your Kochekov or whatever the uh, hell. Kochekov. Kochekov. But, but he can't really move up unless someone goes down, you know? Right. It seems like they're banking yeah. on somebody to go down. They didn't really lose anyone either. The only real key player they lost is Pacioretty, and he might have played five games last year before he blew himself out. I think it was I two. I think he played that many. I think it was like three. Exactly. It's, oh, my God. Imagine just the mental toll that takes on you as a person. This has got to be horrible. I can't Brutal. even imagine. Oh, he did play five games with the Hurricanes. Look at yes. that. <laughs> oh, he did. Yes. Three goals in those five games, too. So, I mean, he was producing. That It's an unfortunate <laughs> injury that he has because it's very difficult to come back from. Yeah, he was he was a definite when he came in and played those games. He was an absolute shot in the arm to the offense. I mean, they were on another level. And then just as soon as he came, he left. It's like that Simpsons meme of uh, Grandpa Abe walking in, walking out. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Imagine what that team could have done with him, though. If they had him and Svechnikov, I would have been. Oh, oh my gosh, they would have. They would have been. I think they would have been in the cup. Huh. I think. I think they would have beat Florida, and I think it would have been a closer series against Vegas than Florida was. Ah, that's that's a bold statement. I, I say they would have won at least one game in the conference finals. Yeah, but what if, what if, what if, you know? The offense would have been so much more potent with those two guys. It would have been night and day. Um, all I got to say is 
I lost $58 over the past two years on the Hurricanes. To That's your own fault. That is my own fault, I guess. But <laughs> the last two years, I've had them as the Stanley Cup winner, and they have let me down. Well, why don't you do me a favor really quick and bet on them again so they can let you down and Nick down, and Amanda down, and all of the other Canes fans that we have following this page down, just to give the Rangers a better chance, because uh, apparently we need it. Maybe I'll place my bet on the Rangers this year, just for I'll you. I'll be happy. How about you place $0 on any Metropolitan team now? I don't want to hear it. Well, I ain't putting my money on the Wild. That's just a waste of money. Probably a good move for you there, buddy. For now. For now. I'll get into that more next Saturday. But... <laughs> there you go. Well, that about does it for us this week on The Neutral Zone. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Jesse. This is Cass. This is Nick. It's Jacob. We'll catch you next week. Credit to Rob Padavano at Robbie Padavano on Instagram for the song. Thanks, man. <laughs>